Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, you already lost me at the part where he writes himself a letter because I did that one time. And guess what? The next morning I read the letter and I was like, I'm not listening to that fat bitch. Like, why would I listen to her? <laughs> Well, hey, it's That's a Gay-Ass Podcast, the podcast where we ask, whose fault is it that you're gay? I'm Eric Williams, and if you can't tell, my butthole is puckered. We have my favorite podcasters of all time, Watch What Crappens, Ben and Ronnie are here this week, and not only is this episode God-tier... They also shouted me out in this week's episode of Watch What Crappens, the Potomac recap. I just like, when I listen to that, I swear tears welled up in my eyes. They are my icons. They are legends. They are the moment. And I'm so grateful to them and to you for listening this week. Ronnie did mention how we talk about ice cream for a full 45 minutes. Uh, do not worry. It wasn't 45, but it is the first 15. <laughs> and if you're not an ice cream person, you can fast forward. But I did not edit out a single second of that ice cream talk because that is my true biggest love in life. Dairy. Frozen. Iced. Creamed. Custarded. Um, I do want to say that uh, I did edit out some of the other juicy stuff because I didn't want to give it all away, but also give a little gift to our Patreon subscribers. I'm going to give that full unedited episode up on the Patreon. That's patreon.com slash gay ass podcast. So head up there. It is the full video episode to see Ben and Ronnie's gorgeous faces. Also, the big news I guess I really should kind of put in the open is that we announced that we are officially moving to L.A., it's just a relief it's almost like coming out where after you do it so many times you're just you just want to let the whole world know and you're tired of giving the monologue and that's kind of how it felt i forgot we had to tell people like in the grand scheme of things so we decided to post a cute little central park pick and end of october we are out of here the moving truck is scheduled we are not driving across the country matt said absolutely not knowing that he would do the bulk of the driving and i didn't disagree (laughs) i control the music i tell the jokes i do not sit behind a wheel for more than 45 minutes so my friends in new york we are out of here the end of october and my friends in la i can't fucking wait i just it's gonna be beyond devastating to leave and i'll deal with that as it gets closer but for now i'm just kind of basking in the excitement for the move for the end of summer and for this week's 
episode. If you don't listen to Watch What Crappens, they not only recap Bravo, they're just delightful human beings that are so fucking funny, the impressions. But if you are here, there's a good chance you do listen. So make sure uh, to follow Ben and Ronnie, listen to Watch What Crappens. And I will say for this episode, we do talk more than just ice cream. We go into Bravo. I talk about why I was really actually offended for the first time watching one of the Real Housewives. It was New York. Uh, and Ben and Ronnie, we all get into that. We talk about movie musicals, why I hate Dear Evan Hansen so much, and Ben and Ronnie reveal what made them gay. They're such incredible answers. And at the end of the episode, they give me a lesson in a Whoopi Goldberg film I've never even heard of. As devastating as it is to say that, they gave me a gift and I'm going to be watching it and probably posting about it on my Instagram just so I can share the experience with you all. Uh, If you don't follow me, I'm at Eric Wills and please enjoy this episode. Thanks for being here. Subscribe to the Patreon, leave the review, etc. And here it is. from Watch What Crappens on That's a Gay-Ass Fooking Podcast. Can I tell you what I was doing the 10 minutes before setting this up? I was just going, Watch What Crappens, Watch What Crappens, like over and over. And then I was doing the Britney version. Anyways. Uh, Ooh, I, think, I want the Britney version. Give me that one. I know. Well, if I'm being very honest, I think it's actually John Early doing Britney. Uh, it's just a lot of vocal fry. It's, um, <laughs> I'm into it. Maybe she's listening. <laughs> Thank you. Very, um, very Britney. Speaking of, uh, I when I started this podcast, uh, I put into the universe like a dream goal would it be to have Ben and Ronnie on. And the fact that you are here, I'm, I really, really appreciate you. And you are goals and dreams. And thank you so much for being oh, what? stars. Oh. What a dream. Oh, my God. Just call us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Dream came true. And by the way, I love <laughs> your lamp. better dreams. I love thank your you so lamp. Much. This, is a, this is actually a relic from my husband, Matt's family. Oh. And um, we're not, we are keeping it because we're moving to LA in two months. Oh, congratulations. Oh, What's the occasion? Thank you so much. The occasion is um, existential dread. It's moisture. It's humidity. It is um, mm. me trying to convince Matt to go for the past few years. And because we're in New York and I've been here for a long time, we love, but I just want to put groceries in a trunk. Do you know what I mean? You know what? Yes. You are. You have no idea how much that like adds value to your life. But here's the thing: is I think I'm starting to imagine it because I just cannot wait to like have our hybrid moment and then go to a TJ's, <laughs> maybe even a Costco for feeling nasty, oh, and then all. I just feel like I. And also, of course, like career wise, boo 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 boo. But I really feel like like quality of life. I just cannot. Yeah, wait. you want to go outside. You know, I didn't have. I did have a Prius for a little while, but then I switched to a Vespa. And, you know, I had, like, the Vespa moment, like, strapping groceries onto the Vespa. (laughs) There was, like, a kind of, you're going to die any second now just because you wanted something from Sprouts kind of feeling that really added to the whole. Wait, was that, like, your Barcelona cosplay? Were you pretending you were European? Well, yeah, and I felt like so romantic on it until someone said, "Oh my God, do you know that fat chef on the new on the uh, Food Network? He drives a Vespa." <laughs> I, it's like, thanks. I guess they were talking about Mario Batali or somebody who oh drives my. a Vespa around. And I was like, that's great. Thanks for ruining my life. So, and then you had to get rid of the Vespa after that. Yeah. or lose weight I would, so what do you think's gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> i would never be able to strap my groceries onto a, a motorcycle i mean I, I can barely even get on a motorcycle i did it once in my life and it was terrifying but i like to treat my groceries like 
like they're not at Six Flags. You know, I want them to just like be in a cushy, you know, floor of the backseat area. Pile that shit up with some bungee cords. Do not buy bungee cords from the dollar store. I learned that one. Lost a lot of groceries that way. But otherwise, yeah, just (laughs) pile that shit up. So wait, when you're at the grocery store and you're like, this is the one thing that'll make me feel better, which aisle do you go to? What do you buy? Ronnie, you go first. Bakery aisle, croissants, chocolate croissants, um, really any kind of bread that's usually white bread mm-hmm, of some mm-hmm. kind, and then butter, and then cheese, <laughs> and then ice cream if I'm feeling dirty. See, I usually feel dirty and I go ice cream, but what about you, Ben? You know, that's a great question. I never really thought about that because so many of the aisles give me so many, you know, uh, feelings of happiness. But I think if I have to be brutally honest, like I want to say, I love going to the produce section and just finding something really fresh. I want to be that person that says that. I think I just go for Tate's cookies. I think I just go to the cookie aisle. God, do I love a Tate's cook. I mean, give me a glass of milk. We we have a David's cookie in our grocery store that's like Tate's younger brother who's a little less expensive and I it's it's just as stale and beautiful. Um but I truly I truly am the ice cream Ben and Jerry's. I have you there's a new flavor series called Topped. Do with that what you may, but have you have, have you tried? <laughs> I've not tried Topped. I haven't heard about. I've even heard of Topped. Sounds messy to me. Yeah. <laughs> it is Sounds messy, a domineering. It really, I mean, listen, if you want to have a sub ice cream experience, but it's just like they re, they call it topped because it's like a chunk of chocolate at the top. And then beneath it is just a gorgeous journey of other chunks. And it, it really, I mean, it delivers. And I, Ben and Jerry's been there for me in many dark times. And so many. Oh, yeah. What's the flavor? They've also flavor created choice. a lot of dark times. <laughs> but I love how they're recreating ice cream. You know, it's like we're going to have core like where they yeah. put, they put I love like the a, core. Yeah, they See, put a core down the middle of it. Cores were tough for the stomach. For whatever reason, the core was a little adversarial. But then the topped ones are, for some reason, really an ally. I, well, oddly, I, it's like regular ice cream got cored. Like, it got topped and turned into a core. Is yeah. that weird? Yeah. Guys. Yeah, it's like the core is kind of like the aftermath of the topping, right? So I, I've <laughs> always middle. been, I've always been a, uh, a chocolate fudge brownie <laughs> sort of person. I, that's like my favorite flavor, but I have to say during the pandemic, I've always loved fish food, but fish food really rose higher fish food. than I ever expected it to. I mean, it's always been, I think fish food is like a top five Ben and Jerry's. Yes. I mean, it always has been, but I found myself gravitating towards it more than chocolate fudge brownie, which was shocking to me. I think I'm like in my old age really turning into a marshmallow fluff sort of guy oh well that's controversial i mean i feel like you're in my head though because i was a chocolate fudge brownie girl through and through college till after but then i went fish food but actually i've been tonight dough recently tonight dough for me is like everything i like in chocolate fudge brownie it's got the brownie chunks everything i like in a fish food it's giving me a swirl but then it's like there's a peanut butter moment it's yes it has jimmy fallon on the front and and that's a tough tough thing yeah that that, that's that makes it a tough sell for me for sure the jimmy fallon face like like, i'm not gonna eat you jimmy fallon okay i draw lines (laughs) i know i'm not a hater of jimmy fallon or anything but yeah i'm not a hater but but, uh i mean i'll i'll hate on him for the ice cream sake because i actually was disappointed with the tonight dough and so during like the peak quarantine I uh, I had a night where I ordered from one of these like ghost kitchens. Do you guys have that in New York City? The ghost kitchens? Yes. So there's a ghost kitchen out here called the Ice Cream Store. And so I actually ordered chocolate fudge brownie, fish food, and the Tonight Dough. And the Tonight Dough seemed like it was going to be the perfect union of all of the above. But um, I found it wasn't chocolatey enough. I felt like, you know what, because it doesn't have a chocolate mm. base ice cream. And that's what I needed from it. 
And if I could get that, it would probably blow them out of the water. But I couldn't get okay, that. Okay, listen. I, I understand where you're coming from, where you need the chocolate base. That's why when you go to Ben & Jerry's Topped and you go to the peanut butter chocolate one, that's where I think you're going to really find a kindred spirit. Because there's a chocolate base. There's a peanut butter cup inside. There's a chocolate mm-hmm. on the top. And I think it really is going to do good that's for gonna, you. That's going to work well for me because I've actually felt like peanut butter cup ice creams or peanut ice peanut butter ice creams in general i've yet to fi- find one that really sings the way it should mm. well actually i'm sorry to break this up but um hagen does does a marshmallow a marshmallow what do you what did you call it ben uh, like, like a marshmallow, marshmallow fluff yeah they do that um for their rocky road and they also have a very delicious peanut butter so, See, wait, that. that's a good point, because haagen does have also a chocolate peanut butter where the peanut butter is kind of ribbon throughout, but it's still mm. kind of hard and crunchy because you need you need yeah. that texture. And haagen and also haagen is probably, not that we are trying to go to ice cream for health benefits, but um, Ben & Jerry's, if you eat a full thing before bed, you're fucked. Whereas haagen yeah. I feel like you still have a semblance of hope that you're going to survive. Well, it's because it, it has like the double A's. Yeah, it has the double A's mm-hmm. with the two dots on top, and you just feel so like Swedish or whatever, yeah. and they're all thin. Like, I mean, how many fat swedish people are there you know none and on top of that it has that the very elegant you know design whereas ben and jerry's is kind of like going into a coffee shop in 1995 but the bad news for all of us well not bad news but i mean the truth is haagen owns ben and jerry's so we're really keeping it in the family no matter what wait i didn't know that this yeah. is big this is a big thing for me they bought them a while ago i mean i should double check that because you know the worst thing is to like you know declare a fact on a podcast and be totally wrong but i'm pretty darn sure i'm gonna look on my especially phone right about now. ice cream because ice cream lovers will be pissed well yeah, i'm looking not right only now. ice cream but didn't ronnie didn't you get in trouble for the um the delaware of it all that was no, me. No, that was Ben. Oh, that, that was, was me. Ben. That was Ben. I wasn't Are paying you... attention to my... I was just like, yeah, the DMV is Delaware, right. Maryland, and Virginia. No, that's actually Delmarva, which I actually didn't know that Delmarva Peninsula was an acronym for that. That I did not know. But I did know that the DMV was DC, but for some reason I said Delaware, and I paid a price for that. You in sure the did. Form of I mean, yeah, for me, the D stands for don't know. Don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't pretend to know things I don't. I, I don't know. You know, I Google, I'll Google that shit. But I'm, I am old enough to remember when Ben and Jerry's before they got bought out and sold out and did whatever they did, you know, which I feel very betrayed by because they used to be made with real sugar and now they're made with corn syrup. And I'm old enough to remember what that shit tasted like before. And now it's, now it has that like cheap, grocery store kind it's of not tinge quite the to same. it i agree right it, it's not the same and so wait, it's are we shame. saying that ben and jerry the are they less of like social like they're like because they were bought out did they sell out well maybe they sold out but then they like donated out too like i'm sure that they're using their sellout for good listen i'm from you know you're going to la you're going to learn this very quickly you're supposed to sell out that's the reason you moved to la <laughs> <laughs> that's only that is good that is the goal okay I we're mean, not 20 from- from your mouth to God's ears, that I sell something. Jesus, age. You know, I can't. I, yeah. I think I may be wrong about Haagen Dazs owning Ben and Ben and Jerry's. I think that maybe Haagen Dazs tried to buy Ben and Jerry's and didn't work out. But in my my mind, I thought they were just like one big family all the time. And I was like, what a great ice cream family. You know, you have got like turns the, out they're terrible rivals. And they yeah, you got like the elegant, you know, elegant Haagen Dazs. You know, this. You know who owns them? Who Unilever? Unilever. Yeah, that's Is what I just had a soap. That's what I thought. I don't know. It's a conglomerate. I, I would have liked it much more if Hagen owned them. Wait, do you guys are you familiar with the Ample Hills Creamery situation? Wait, Ample no, Hills. What is that? What's that? Okay. Oh my so, god, you're like a drug dealer. Why don't you just give me a bite for free? And like you guys, like you didn't mean anything by it, and then I'll get addicted <laughs> like a fucking sicko. Go ahead. 
I mean, listen, I well, I've watched enough documentaries about pharmaceutical companies to know that we're all fucked. But <laughs> those true. are so good. So until good. you find out they're all made by Scientology, and then you're like, whoops, feel guilty about watching that one again. <laughs> Well, the Ample Hills Creamery is, it was a small mom and pop shop in Brooklyn. It took over the world. People got obsessed with it. They opened up and then they tried to scale way too quickly. They were selling it in Disney World. They opened up a giant factory in Brooklyn and then they just like went bankrupt. And, but they opened in LA as well. And that shut down because it just wasn't, it was in Los Feliz. Um, it was called Ample 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 Cream- Hills Creamery. I didn't even hear about that, and I'm like up on all the new ice cream places. Oh, in LA. see, they still are, but they ended up going bankrupt, and then a, a company sold or bought them, but they bought them for like a million dollars when when the company had like already been a huge. It was like a an devastating story, but now it's like <laughs> Ample Hills is just some like random owned by a conglomerate. It's lost the mom and popness. You know, I'm so glad we're talking about this because earlier today I was thinking to myself. Do I want to go to Carvel today? I was like, it's sort of an effort. There's, so there's one Carvel west of the Mississippi, and it's here in Los Angeles by the 405. And so it's very special, Carvel. And so I was going, I was really thinking, do I want to make the trek over there? And I was like, nah. But now after this conversation, I think it's like destined that I have to go to Carvel today. Listen, if it's a Carvel, if it's a Coldstone Creamery and you feel pulled to go there, you have to answer the call. Coldstone doesn't do it for me, actually. I feel like their ice cream tastes is like gummy and like, you know, when when they mash it up, it's just it comes out as like stringy and long and it's not quite Bronny, right. break the tie. Bronny, do, do you go to Coldstone? I Stone? think both of those kind of suck, honestly. Um, my, wow. my recent find is Tillamook Creameries, which is a delicious ice cream that oh. you can also buy in the grocery store. Is that because of Top Chef? No, I actually had it the first time because I'm still in Texas, and I was looking for a new kind of ice cream. And I, I don't know. There seems to be different brands. I'm sure that is, I just noticed it differently because it's like a different grocery store. But I was like, well, that's a weird name. It's delightful. What? Guys. Say it again. Say the name again. Tillamook. It's T-I-L-L-A-M-O-O-K. Tillamook Creamery. And they're from oh, Tillamook, I... Oregon. Wait yeah. a minute. I literally have heard about this recently from people in Oregon that said you this is the best ice cream ever. And I looked and there is... You can get it in New Jersey uh, by me. You, but like... I'm gonna I'm gonna track this down. Uh, and I'm, that's gonna, I'm gonna try it because for some reason the idea of ice cream made from like a place that specializes in in dairy and cheese for some reason I feel confident about that. I feel like oh. that sounds delicious. They know their lactose, and that yes. is uh, okay. It's I can't important. wait. Yeah, if you're gonna fuck your stomach up anyway, do it by people who do it professionally. You know. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the mudslide is my per- personal Ooh. favorite, just in case anybody's wondering. I'll tell there you what you I think is overhyped. And I don't know if you have it out there in New York, but when you move to L.A., you'll have it here. And it's also Portland-based. Van Leeuwen. Salt and Straw. Oh! Salt, wait, so I have had, and I do like, but isn't it overpriced? It's overpriced. And also, I find that after two or three bites, it all starts to taste like just sweet cream. Like the flavor goes away. Because I think that one thing that happens with ice cream is that it's sort of... Because it's cold, it kind of like numbs your your taste buds or it dulls your taste buds. So that's why ice cream has so much sugar in it. Because it kind of has to overcompensate for the fact that you are dampening the power of your of your tongue right and i feel like with salt and straw like the first few bites like oh this is so good but then like after a little bit it sort of goes away and their chocolate flavor is not deeply chocolatey and you know i'm a big chocolate ice cream we're learning your standards for chocolate are are high and (laughs) they're high listen i yeah i don't judge your standards doesn't have doesn't have like that bitter (laughs) next level level that like ben and jerry's or haagen-dazs or other places have 
Well, it's also highfalutin, like salt and straw. Fuck off with your salt. We're talking about ice cream. You know, it's a very highfalutin. And isn't that the place that makes ice cream? Like, they'll make mint ice cream with real mint. No. Mm. Get that the hell out of my Use ice cream. Mint. It's ridiculous. But I will say that if you're making a banana ice cream or eating, if it's a fake banana, I will not fuck with that. I think it's... Right. I think real banana is okay. Banana's the worst. Yeah. Yeah, real like mint. A, God intended that to be a dessert. Yeah, like why do you even need it to be fake? Just use real banana. It's better. And that's my hot take about Cold Stone is they have a good banana ice cream. Sorry, 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 sorry. Okay, okay. bananas. <laughs> that's bananas itself. Wait, I do want to tell you that last night I was sitting on the couch with Matt and we were watching Beverly Hills and I was like, first of all, we had an edible that we didn't know how how uh, intense it would be, and so it was. But we are watching Beverly Hills and I'm like turning to Matt and like, we're gonna be, t- I'm gonna be face to face with Ben and Ronnie tomorrow after what I consider to be a top ten episode in the franchise. When I say top ten, do you agree or disagree? Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's definitely gotten good. My memory is really bad, so I had to pause to like think. Oh my god, what are the two? And I'm thinking uh, Dinner Party from Hell. Amsterdam, I would say. The Amsterdam fight. Amsterdam. Game night. Yeah, I start doing math in my head. So I don't don't know. I don't know about numbering, but very, very good. And back to the classics. You know, we're at a Mm -hmm. dinner party that is going to hell. You know, which yeah. is their, which is what they do on that show. I mean, it's been a long time since Beverly Hills has had a dramatic enough episode where the dinner party starts. You know, at like the fifteen minute mark of the episode, right? That's when you know it's a good episode when the dinner party starts, like after the first commercial break, or maybe you don't exactly. even have a commercial break. I thought it was a, re- I thought it was really, really good. I was surprised. I was a little surprised to s- that people online are all sort of saying that, like, this is one of the best of all times. Is the da da da, but I did really, really enjoy it. Um, I guess the reason why I I had some hesitancy about putting it top ten of all time, but in retrospect, thinking about it, like it's not like there's ten amazing episodes of Beverly Hills. But um, I would say, I mean, not not to shade Beverly Hills, but I feel no, like they are right. more like they don't have necessarily like episodes that are legendary. But um, there wasn't like a big fight. It was just like a grilling, and people were getting information that they were waiting on, and maybe the the rush of that made it so exciting for everyone. But um. Oh, I loved it. You know, it's all the it stuff good, that we've yeah. all been researching. Like, all the fans have been researching all these Erica lies forever. And it's been so frustrating watching her, watching it, you know, and, and screaming at the TV. Like, you guys, she just said she left Tom because of this reason. But now she's saying this reason. And, like, we've been screaming because we've had the luxury of the blogs and all this stuff mm-hmm. to get this information. So now we finally get to watch them put it all together. And so it's cool because you're, like, picking your player because we've already formed our own opinion. So it's like, okay, Team Garcelle and Sutton. Yes. Yeah. That was what was exactly. great about it. Watching Garcelle and Sutton step up and like see them really call things out was so. But then also watching Dory kind of like flip flop spiral down, it just felt it yeah. felt so vindicating in so many ways. But also to see Erica like, oh right, I mean the victims, of course they should get. But more, it's like she <laughs> does not care about them. She doesn't. I, I think that one of the reasons why it was it, it like read so well with this episode was like Ronnie said, there was like a lot of release. There was a lot of questions even before the season began about would this cast ever confront Erica about anything? They're just going to give her softballs. And that's what we were all anticipating. And so I think to see Sutton and Garcelle kind of push back for, you know, on Beverly Hills terms pretty harshly was like deeply, deeply satisfying because we thought we weren't ever going to get that. We thought they would just be sweet and nice, like, like half the other women were. And the fact that they were actually kind of Garcelle was, you know, poking and, and Sutton was poking 
I think we just, it was so exciting that we got to have that moment. So I think that's why everyone was so amped about it. Yeah. It's the perspective of like what Beverly Hills has come from to now. That's why it feels so monumental. But I do wonder, do you have an opinion about where Lisa Rinna stands with this? Do you think the edit she's getting, are they trying to make her villain-esque with how she dealt with Denise versus with the things with Erica now? Like what, what's she's, the Rinna? She's making herself villain-esque. I mean, this is like typical Rinna, you know? She goes after everybody season after season and gets all the people she doesn't like kicked off. But then the second somebody does some real shit, I mean, this is, and this isn't just, I shouldn't say Erica did the real shit, you know, whatever, Tom did the real stuff, but Erica's complicity, that's what's in question. So the first time that there's even a whiff of that, Rinna's like, what? Why aren't we sticking up for her? <laughs> and then the nerve to bring up Denise Niece, which yeah. was ridiculous when they were trying to get this like false semi rape allegation the way they were wording that like she brandy just got taken advantage i mean that was so gross last year yeah um and so to see renna doing that is hilarious because they are not on her side and so it's no. been really fun to go read twitter today that's for sure i will say <laughs> that erica's a better liar than denise's and so like <laughs> you know they could be that that renna really does believe erica whereas denise was like i mean denise was blatantly lying we all agree denise was blatantly lying but we also don't no. feel like it was worth like tearing her apart and sending her off the show for right and right. so you know i can understand where rin is saying like look like denise was lying to me you know that bothered me but Den i also think that rinna rinna has had more scrutiny about the lint in her belly button than she has about erica jane okay she has like not questioned any of this any of this and for sutton to be the one who's the investigator when that's kind of rinna's thing is kind of a fall for from grace for rinna and I, that's probably why she's losing some street cred with viewers is because Rinna is actually not giving us what we want, which is her being a monstrous asker of questions. Yes, that's what she does. That is like literally her thing. She did it to Kim Richards. She did it to, to Dorit. She's done it to like everyone. Denise. Were people obviously. doing coke in your bathroom? Yeah. And she's like <laughs> not even doing that to Erica. It's kind of crazy. It is. I mean, also, though, I think that the like what we're getting right now with Bravo is so emotionally charged in a lot of good ways with Beverly Hills. But like with New York, that Shabbat dinner, it was like... I, I every single week for whatever reason this podcast like Judaism has come up. I don't know if it's in the zeitgeist as they say, but like watching this Shabbat dinner and then being Ramona being such a fucking bitch about. I was like, I said to him, I think that's like the only time I've actually kind of been offended by a housewife show. I was like, this feels really bad. Yeah, it got bad. I mean, even me, and I don't get offended by very well. I mean, I get offended by everything, but also truly offended by not really anything at all, you know? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I get that it's Ramona and Ramona will be Ramona and all that, but when it comes to like race, <laughs> and I mean, I just don't think now, especially it's never the time, but especially now, it's like, are you really this bad? It starts to feel like they're doing it on purpose. You know, yeah. it's like, hey, let's, this season is all about Ramona meeting minorities for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Let's send her here and watch what, what, what an ass she makes out of everybody, you know? Well, it's also, it's like I think, he, like, watching all the women, especially Luann, I think she, Luann is very in the middle of the season in a way that doesn't feel good to watch. Like, do you remember the, honestly, I think the most, gross moment of any housewife show was Luann going giving modeling quote-unquote modeling advice to that young <laughs> woman and then like now Luann's like oh god Ramona you're doing too much it's like Luann you're not some woke 
woman that knows how to talk to anyone. So I think you're all bad. And I think that Ramona is sometimes the villain that's fun to watch, but her watching her this season is not as fun because it's just dark it's bad i mean i'm i'm actually you know sort of a controversial hot take i'm still having fun watching her because she is so awful and 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 Mm -hmm. don't take don't mistake me saying i'm having fun watching her for me saying i endorse anything that she says like literally everything she says and does is wrong and offensive you know and if there are people who like if her actions trigger people and are like that is bringing up terrible memories of my life and she should be fired for that like i can't i can't argue with that right but for me like I watch these shows because I want to see, you know, just terrible people acting terribly in public. And we all are just like, oh, my God, I can't believe someone would would behave like this. And the Shabbat dinner was really the pinnacle of it. Um, Mm -hmm. Part of me also wonders if Ramona is just so awful to the crew that they have just set her up to look so vile this season that that the public demands for her to be fired. Like, uh, like maybe, is there a world where the producers have gone to Bravo and said, we have to get rid of her. She's a nightmare for us. And they say, sorry, we can't get rid of Ramona. So they're like, fine, we are going to make her look as terrible as possible and force <gasps> Bravo's hand. That could, That's my new conspiracy theory. Honestly, Ben, I believe that. Like, I'm sure working with her, I mean, the three seconds I've been in the same space as her, I was like, oh, you are really just not <laughs> not a good person. But I think that where does New York go next year? I think clearly the people working on the show want her gone. But do you think she actually, I mean, I can't, I don't see a world I don't where think they they're going to fire her. her. I don't think they're going to yeah. fire her because, you know, her, she's so offensive. Um, but she always manages to do this thing like, you know what? I'm learning. I'm a work in progress and I didn't mean to offend. And you know what? She always does that thing. And it's sort of, she always does just enough to kind of like earn like one more episode. Right. And I think that New York, I think they'll bring back Dorinda. I wouldn't be surprised if they even bring back Bethany, oddly enough. Interesting. But, um, I think that New York, they've got to focus on the older ladies. I don't think we can focus on, I think that should be that if you're, if you're younger than 45, you really can't be a full-time cast member on New York. Yeah. Isn't how Leah and Ebony, how old are they? Aren't they like 35 or something? Somewhere like, I think they're both really young. Yeah. Yeah. They're in the 30s. And I think that, you know, I'm okay. You know, Tinsley worked fine for me. I she like, was I, mean, I don't know really how good. old Tinsley is, but yeah. I'm, I just I don't get this whole thing of like we can't find anybody crazy in New York City. Like Ramona's the only crazy lady in New York City. I mean, I've lived there for ten years. Trust me, there's plenty of people. There are plenty of people you could pull off the street in there to be pretty funny. So I'm. I mean, I guess that we're all used to Ramona, but I don't know. These years that this year the t- ratings have tanked so badly. I think that it's going to be the end for Ramona. I, do, I just don't in, see it working in my out at this episode. I I I'm. Never really seen as much of an outcry for Ramona being fired, but you never know. I mean, you know, at the same time, the internet is the internet, and tomorrow it could be that like everyone is protesting against a candlestick. So I don't know, like right. you know, I don't know, because right, not to minimize the very valid, you know, complaints. Yeah, well, it's that also just us. Feel. Like we're all gay guys, you know, <laughs> we're like all probably pretty liberal, I would assume. And so for us, you know, we're in an echo chamber in a way too, because I was reading the comments. One of my favorite things to do every week after every Housewives episode that's really good is to go to the Bravo Facebook mm. and read like the what all the audience is saying. And they're totally Team Ramona. They're like, oh, Ebony is ruining this show. You know, there's still a bunch of that going on. And it's like, even after this week's episode, yeah. you can still say everything is Ebony's fault. Like, what the hell? Yeah, and they're yeah. like, yeah, because Ebony set her up to do that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. You can hand somebody, you know, a freaking gun. You, 
it's their fault if they go into a mall and start taking people out with it. Like, what are you talking about? How can you blame Ebony for that? I know putting someone at a table with other black people and a Jewish person does not is not a setup. That is not a setup. That's life. <laughs> a setup that's that called does dinner. Not make. Okay. That's called, yeah. yeah. I also think it's really tough when you hear about the core audience of Bravo and like what the archetype of that white woman who voted for Trump is. Like, did you hear about BravoCon before they canceled it? They were going to have require proof of vaccination. And I was just like, hey, boy. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about Bershawn? I was, by the way, I'm going back it up, back, it, back up that. Get back up that booster shot. Um, I was missing Bershawn, honestly, for the past two episodes. I want more I Bershawn. I don't know, Ben. It, Bershawn was... T- you know, the biggest devastation when you watch a new person is when you see how much they want to be there. And I know it's like dating where it's like, you want them to like you, but if they show that they like you, it's a little like, get yes. away from me, you freak. And I yeah. just feel like she liked the cameras a little more. But that being said, like... I bet you that was like one. Ebony doesn't, you know? Exactly, exactly. And that's why I think that was the tough part of this season is that I think give Bershawn another couple episodes and yeah, like... I think Bershawn fit in actually really well. I mean, she she fit in well as a cast member, not socially because she obviously, you know, (laughs) called them, called Sonia a clown and and said that they were grandmothers, which was the most offensive thing you could ever call a cabaret star. But um, I thought, though, she really matched the vibe of the show as someone just not very self-aware and ridiculous and very, very self-involved, you know? And has a story, has an amazing story we love. Has an amazing story. Exactly. So I want more Bershawn, to be honest. Even if, like, some of her political views are, I'm like, mm, you know, but, you know, you can't, you can't align with everyone on TV. No, not at all. I mean, well, speaking not of... Not on this show. <laughs> a spe- well, especially right now, too, with New... I mean... Yeah. God, I could truly for hours obviously talk about this stuff, but I do want to ask the famous podcast question to both Ben and Ronnie from Watch What Crappens. The question is, whose fault is it that you're gay? Who do we blame? Um, Does anybody feel like really fired up to go first? I'll fire myself up. I'll give it to He-Man, first of all. He-Man really kicked things off really well. I mean, just like every day, this like this hot, muscly guy really wearing nothing who was like during the day he was meek, but then at night he becomes fabulous and strong. Like that really got the gears going. And then in terms of like later influences, you got to give some credit to, you know, Diane Weist, Linda Fiorentino, Kathy Moriarty. They just did great work for my sexuality. (laughs) Someone else said he man on this podcast. I'm trying to remember who it was, but gosh, there's such a charge to that answer. I mean, and also the old character actresses. I mean, I wait, Ronnie, do you have who do you give credit to? Well, I mean, I guess my gayness was so um, culture based before it was sexuality based that I don't really give anybody credit for the sexuality part because that just like kind of happened. But um, culturally based, I'm a typical older queen and I'm a young older queen, but still like Liza. I mean, I think that my parents took me to that when I was a kid in Vegas at the Desert Inn. And I was like, what? Well, I don't want to go to this stupid thing. I was just like a teenager. And um, I was like, wow. I mean, I just remember being like, wow. (laughs) I was floored. I'd never seen anything like that. Wait, so you're saying you saw Liza in Vegas live? Yeah. And she was just so Liza, you know, like the feather boas and the lights and (laughs) just the whole thing and the sobbing and the sobbing and the crying and the belting. I had never seen anything anything like that i had never heard anything like that and i mean my job was on the floor i will never forget that 
Yeah, I have to say also, I got to credit uh, Big Business and Soap Dish. Those were two very gay movies in my life that I watched over and over and over again, not realizing that they were kind of like creating building blocks of gayness in me. So those were great. And also, there was once a Nintendo Power uh, magazine uh, issue that was for like Castlevania 2. And there was like this shirtless muscle guy in there who was supposed to be like Simon, you know, the star of Castlevania. Sure, sure. And he was so hot and that was that was a big moment for me in fifth grade and then also um international mail uh, catalog what a what a great oh yes international mail and also the underwear section at the department store yes i think was the first time i was like oh my goodness you know like yeah. the man in the like, underwear mom like, give me right. about five and a half minutes i'll be right back and then you're like <laughs> and then you start to feel bad because you see the people on the underwear like have like giant bulges hairless abs and you're like i don't look like that yet slash ever and yeah. yeah that's when you think you still have potential for that and then um also you don't have to be tom cruise to enjoy mission impossible <laughs> <laughs> also let's give credit to like phil donahue and sally jesse raphael oh, and everyone else and everyone what? else whoa 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 whoa, whoa. You, you're overstepping no no now. no and everyone else who would invite male strippers onto their afternoon daytime talk show okay and okay. i would sit there and be like Full circle. Full either circle. you look montel williams you just like wait for the episodes when it was strippers and i was like yes yes <laughs> but also i think that's important about what every what both you're saying is that you're we're both talking about like the cultural touchstones and the thirst of it all and i think that like liza minnelli and those broadway things they're not only like big belty brassy women but also the chorus boys are like so like hunky and, and so yeah. i think like i like broadway stuff for me was definitely like i saw the national tour of les mis my dad is straight confirmed straight but like his what made him the way he is which is just i guess a Jewish adult male is that he saw Peter Allen in Las Vegas and he like is obsessed with Liza and Peter Allen. And he took me to Les Mis when I was like nine years old. And I was like, I have no idea what's going on, but I like that the turntable is spinning. Oh, yeah. But I think that there's like yeah. so much of that showbiz stuff that is just so gay. Yeah, so theatrical. Yeah, I think I was late to... Sh- to Les Mis, to I think that. Les Mis would have made you gayer if you had been introduced to it with the soundtrack. Because I, when I first saw Les Mis, by the time I saw it, I'd listened to the album 90 million times. I was like, this is stupid. Everybody's dirty. You know, <laughs> gross. I hate this. But when I listened to it, it was Patti LuPone. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's the first time I had ever heard her. And uh, I think I heard something, Leia Salonga... Uh, I remember doing oh, that. I mean, just or Leia no, Leia Salonga, Salonga Miss Saigon. Um, so but she Miss also Saigon did Miss, right? was a big one for me. Did you watch the YouTube clip of Leia Salonga auditioning for Miss Saigon? Oh, when she was oh like, yeah, I haven't seen that. Oh, yeah. Ben, it's it's like she's like so I mean good. she's literally like sixteen or seventeen years old, oh. and it's between her and another girl, and they show Leia Salonga learning the song "You Are Sunlight," and she's like sitting oh. at the piano learning it, and then she it goes like montage style from her learning the notes and kind of looking unsure yeah. of herself, and then it cuts to her fully selling it on a stage, and then she finds out she gets it, and you're just like fuck, and now she's of course has this incredible career. Now she's Leia Salonga, yeah. you know, I, you know, also yeah. Tina Turner. I want to give credit to tina turner my mom had the private dancer albums i remember she bought it from caldors which uh, i don't know if you guys remember caldors but i remember mm-hmm. being like what is this crazy record that has this lady with the big hair and these legs and that album private dancer became like part of my life and on top of that i remember in like fourth or fifth grade i had this like vision of creating a musical based on the songs of of private dancer and but i was like 
but people don't do that. Like I, you always have to come up with original music. <gasps> but now, of course, we have Tina the Musical. So it sort of like really came together. You invented the jukebox musical. I did. I did. I really did. Giving credit. You no, know, I it. once did a, a strip tease to private dancer for my grandmother, <laughs> drunk on Christmas. Isn't that nice? Wait, you were drunk or she was drunk? Or you both? Yeah, were we used to have these. I was drunk. We used to have these big drunken Christmas Eve parties with my family. I come from a big Lebanese family. We had these huge parties, and I was young, you know, and I was drinking way too much. And I did a private dancer um, strip tease for my grandma, and she was like. That's nice, honey. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what do you call your grandma? What's her grandma name? Sithy. Sithy. So if if I yeah. were Sithy watching you, can you give me a five second preview of what that strip tease looked like? Me? You don't me have to strip, it? No, I, I can't do no, I won't do that. I was like nineteen years old. There's a big difference. Okay. <laughs> a, Listen. I was about to say that's a visceral image for all of us is is like yeah. teenage hormonal Ronnie Karam. <laughs> Just riding yeah, it wasn't on sexy. Grandma. I was just yeah, it, wasn't, it wasn't sexy. I was just acting out the song. You know, no, I, it wasn't I until wanted, later I that I was. The performance of the song. I mean, listen, I I would I. Oh, would, the song. I'm a private dancer, a dancer for money. Do what you want me to do. Oh come on now! See that you deliver. That is, you are the USPS, and that has been delivered. I mean, if I were to see like videos, or and, like, I feel bad for kids these days to have everything recorded. Like if I, if you recorded me after seeing Bring It On in movie theaters, doing a full cheer oh uh, routine in my living room, oh my I would literally like have to be on watch, s watch. You know what I'm saying? I am so glad there's no not like a huge amount of footage of me from my childhood. Like, I, yeah, you're oh right. My God. Little gay children, by the way, little gay boys. <laughs> Well, for going forward in, in life, we'll always be tormented by these childhood videos that are going to pop up on YouTube because, like, you know what? We're, little gay boys, we just love to perform. Like, like I'll yeah. just like slide in the dining room and just start like just flapping my hands around and singing songs or whatever. And like, you know, I don't know if I would be able to see that version of myself right now. Oh my god, there were these. Um, there used to be these karaoke, like when karaoke became popular. There used to be karaoke booths in malls and my mom would like let me go in there and i would always sing <laughs> just about as blatant as, like, as it can be as like, that you're a gay child as gay as you can get <laughs> like the most stereotypical kind of gay you know that was me well so. the biggest Thank shock God. for me is that when we are these gay little boys and then inevitably when you come out and like there are going to be some people who are surprised and you're like roll tape <laughs> yeah did you not see me at the mall like it's like i literally have a twin brother who did not know i was gay when i came out and he watched me lip sync to dream girls in front of the entire school it's like you saw that <laughs> <laughs> like and you, i am telling you ah! oh i think that also that's a big thing that i i had one girlfriend in my life and because i wanted to you know i didn't want to say no to something i'd never had and so but then within a within a minute i was like oh yeah no this is not gonna work but i stayed with her for a little too long anyways i took her to val <laughs> for valentine's day dream girls the jennifer hudson film in movie theaters and like cut to me weeping and i think her looking over and just like kind of kind of liking it and i was like the math here is not adding up <laughs> yeah yeah that's 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 a real way to um show that you Come are out. closeted is weeping at dream girls <laughs> yeah. on a date with your girlfriend <laughs> but you know how many poor sweet ladies of 
uh drama club have had that experience unfortunately <laughs> like and we really appreciate them and love them and i want to publicly say again like to anyone who has had a gay boyfriend you, you were doing god's work and if we didn't treat you well i want to apologize on behalf of all of us and thank you for your service yeah yeah thank you i never had a i never had a girlfriend from drama club i had a girlfriend for two weeks in high school and um like we went and saw romeo and juliet the Baz lerman version and like we sort of held hands do some of it but i was like i don't want to be distracted distracted from the movie i'm like i don't i was like should i put my arm around her no because i need to watch the movie (laughs) leo is acting now yeah i was like no there's no room for romance during this movie right now i do want to ask speaking of romance um i know that we are fans of white lotus do we do we what are we do we have any estimates for season two any thoughts on season one um i'm only oh. i've only watched the first three episodes i, I haven't finished this the how many are there six yeah i think so yeah so i don't even know i have no idea what's gonna happen next wait ronnie i you predict i watched it i loved it I predict it will be about um, some very rich white people played by talented, underused comedians, <laughs> comic uh, sketch actors, and character actors, and it will move really slowly, but I'll be obsessed with it anyway for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Ronnie, I'm obsessed with it. I That's just, all I care about. Well, you know what's funny is that, oh, what is the actor's name that plays Armand, the hotel manager? Oh, he's so great. Yeah, he's, he's good. so You're- good. and. Yeah, he reminds me of uh, uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, because he's Australian. Yeah, Murray Bartlett. <laughs> Murray Bartlett. Yes, Murray Bartlett. He is so talented. He's also so hot. And I, uh, some pe- a couple people that we follow each other on Instagram, he t- <laughs> they told me they were in P-Town a few weeks ago, and they saw him out in P-Town. And I was oh. just like, I won't ask, of course, what the experience was, but I'll, I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say that the guy who plays like the the douchebag, you know, son of a the, like rich wealthy parents, um, I don't know who that actor is, and he looks vaguely familiar. I feel like I've seen him in things, but he was perfectly yeah. cast. Like if you have a face like that, you have to always play that role. He was in um, the really really bad Amy Adams movie on Netflix, The Window. There was a bad movie on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> crazy! That is crazy. Um, he does have a punchable face. You're talking about the one who just gotten married, right? Yeah. Not the yeah. teenager. Oh, the teenager oh, draws me nuts. Oh, oh, yeah, I know, right. He does have a very punchable face. But apparently there's an article with him that, sorry, the, the, his wife is the writer. They just got married. That he, there is an article about how he only plays nice guys and that this is his first mean character. What? He literally has the most evil face. Like he looks like the preppy killer, you know? Yeah. He does. But the thing about that show that I really liked was that it's about this white privilege and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But you're still not completely against (laughs) white people because they like that guy right there. Murray Bartlett was fucking with him the whole time. He did give him the wrong room. Like that guy actually did have a gripe. It's just like he went about it in such an entitled, disgusting way. But they made it kind of tricky. You know, Mm -hmm. they kind of made you see... They made you see almost everyone's side of it, except, I think, for that guy. That guy, you were like, I don't give a shit. You're terrible. Like, Even if you did get screwed over on your room, I still can't wait to see you hopefully get killed at some point. Yeah. And, you I know, guess like, we'll have we, to find out. Sorry, guys. I Sorry. Say, I, didn't, no, we I didn't realize we we're going to be talking about it today. I would have I would have burned through some episodes. Itinerary, but I just like I am so obsessed with it. And I know the fact that there are some people that are saying that like it was too slow that I was like, I don't give a shit. I just thought like it was so the I for whatever. Also, you're putting Molly Shannon there and you're giving us Jennifer Coolidge like Molly us, Shannon's in it. 
She's in the preview. Yeah. I didn't give anything away. I didn't give anything. No, away. no, She's no. I didn't feel like I didn't feel like it as a spoiler. I'm, I, that was like from a place of excitement. Molly Shannon is in it, and um, I do think that Natasha Rothwell, that you know, works in the spa. I think that she could be in season two. The only I, if they were to cast anyone from season one, I could see her like. Why not Armand? Uh, I mean, God, I fucking hope. <laughs> that Why not Armand? Um, <laughs> uh, the end. The end. I know. I, I can suss out a spoiler so easily. Uh, I know. I do actually. I like it. I actually like it a lot. But I thought the third episode was a little too slow. I'm like, I'm. I, I do want it to pick up a little more. But. Yeah, yeah. I get that. I think with the, within the episodes, but the by the time you finish it, you're just like, fuck, yes, like. I, if I'm yeah, I, I, didn't, I mean, I found it slow just because I'm used to watching murder shows where it's like, and then there's a twist, and then there's a the killer, but it was never that. It's I'm used to that, but um, it was, you know, a good comedy show. I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, I like Jennifer it. Coolidge. Seeing Jennifer Coolidge playing a dramatic role and still being hilarious was... Well, also, it was like so... It's so it's so nice to see like a a show that is tonally like it. Where it's kind of like funny. It's not necessarily saying this is going to be a sitcom and super funny, mm-hmm. but everything's like a little, there's like sort of a, a satirical undertone to it. There's like, it's got like a comedic vibe and everything on streaming is so fucking serious. And so it's so nice to have something like this that's kind of like making fun of situations and, and has funny characters. Um, but can also be serialized. It's serialized, but can also be lighthearted. I really yes. appreciate that. I do think that's right now there's so many it's tough to like choose what you want to spend your time watching because of course like there's no end to disgusting murder thriller crime documentaries on Netflix that I could watch every hour of every day but then you're like RuPaul's Drag Race is back with All Stars and you're like trying and then you're watching an HBO Max just like give gay show after gay show after gay show and it's just like I uh, think that White Lotus for me was scratching an itch I didn't know I had. Yeah. But then when I watch Drag Race, I'm like finding out that I'm tuning out a bit. Do you do you, uh, do you guys watch those at all? Don't watch Drag Race. We don't watch Drag Race. Huh? I mean, you don't Neither one t- of who, us do. Who has the time weird. when you're watching? You, I mean, I'm. I, I, yeah, I don't watch as many reality shows because we watch so many for this. Um, that I just. I don't know. I used to watch more, but they've gone on for so many years that I'm just sick of them. Like I used to watch Survivor a lot, and I just like who can who can deal. Bachelor, I watched I for a long time. Um, Big Brother, I'll check in every couple of years. I'm watching this year, but um, other than that, nah. yeah. See, I watch reality shows because um, you know when we're done with recording our podcast, I kind of like don't. I I just need I I feel like I turn to TV for light escapism and I'll watch mm-hmm. you know something serious you know I watch Mayor of Easttown I uh. am planning on watching Succession but like I I actually do for me I get released out of watching reality TV and comedy and so I watch Survivor I watch Big Brother and you know another reason why I don't have time is because I'm watching literally two different Love Island I'm watching Love Island UK and US at the same time so I'm just like it's a lot. I'm literally on episode 44 of it's a lot UK. of sleeps. like 44 <laughs> episodes I'm in okay that's a lot of that's sleep. a lot of TV yeah listen it's a, <laughs> a lot. lot but I will say that we are grateful for those people and I do want to pivot to other people we're grateful for, which is character actresses, Ronnie and Ben. If the world was ending, you could only save one character actress. Who do you think it would be? Uh, Ronnie, I want you to go first. Oh God. And listen, I don't want to go first. Don't go first then. And also just know this isn't binding and this is a place of love. Ben, what do you think? Well, character actress, 
There's so many that I love, but I, I mean, I already mentioned her, but I think, and I don't know if she care, if she qualifies as character actress, but I think maybe she does as Diane Weist. Is she character actress? If you want her to be, she is. I mean, I think she, she is. She straddles like, what, the line. Well, think, name some of the, the, the movies of hers that you like the most. Bullets Over Broadway. Yes. Edward Scissorhands. Mm. Uh, I mean, Case Closed, really. What about Practical Magic? You know, I actually never saw that. <gasps> that was a good one. Yeah, I didn't oh, see that. That was a good, good one. one. Look, she was great yeah. just in... Um, uh i care a lot she was just in that and she was great in that that was like oh i didn't see that yeah it was a, it was a pretty fun little film noir kind of ridiculous but she was she was like perfectly diane weist in that she oh hannah and her sisters she's amazing and she won an oscar for that and also for bullets of her broadway i mean there's just really she was in parenthood she mm. was i mean she's just so great she is a she is a treasure i think she was on a law law and order maybe at some point as a lawyer um i don't know I could be making that up. She could do it if she wanted to. And I actually heard that Hagen Doss bought Ben and Jerry's. Did they? <laughs> <laughs> the Diane Weiss flavor? What if there's like a Diane Weiss Ben and Jerry's flavor? Like, like I hate Weiss to break boys. it to you. It's not chocolate. It's not chocolate. <laughs> Weiss of Eden. We, I mean, listen, right? It, it makes itself. Yeah. Bullets over her sisters. Um, well, I really like so many, you know, I mean, I like kind of stereotypical ones, though, right? Like, I like Meryl Streep. I'll go, mm. I'll go see mostly anything that she's in, mostly because every time she's cast in something, I think, oh, God, fucking Meryl Streep again. Jesus. <laughs> Doesn't she have enough? Doesn't she already have enough roles in Oscars? I, I don't want to see her try and pretend to be that fucking lady who cooks in France. Like, I don't want to see it. And then I go see that, and I'm like, that was brilliant. I watched that Meryl Streep is my hero. The pandemic. Oh. I, I didn't, hadn't seen that. Which um, one? Julie, 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 and Julia. Oh, Julie yeah. and Julia. And I really, I didn't know Amy Adams was so sad in it, but um, yeah. I. In everything. Every, right? I'm about to say, when she's happy, like, she's like got that sadness in her. It's like Enchanted. It was like originally called like Disenchanted because like she's always so sad. <laughs> and the big sad eyes. Um, Ronnie, wait, can I? Did you watch. You make me think of like bad Meryl Streep movies. Bad, good, bad Meryl Streep movies. The Meryl those are the best. Those are the best. And I, the one that comes to my mind is Meryl Streep and Steve Martin. And um, it's complicated. It's complicated. I think. Oh that yes, we just talked re- about that one. Yeah, yeah, that's a good bad one. It's a good bad one because that also had Alec Baldwin, right? Yeah, yes. not the one. Well, and that's the one where John she was a baker and she went and made him a homemade yep. chocolate croissant from scratch. Yep. Now, see, that's the kind of unbelievable shit that I'm like, <laughs> if anybody else did that, I'd be like, get off my screen, you fucking liar! That yes. get off. But it's Meryl, and I'm like, I believed it. And you know that Meryl really did like go to France or some shit for like the summer. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, I'm doing a film, and she went to you know stage at some bakery or whatever. <laughs> And totally learned how to make a chocolate croissant from scratch. And you know the oh, bitch yeah. will do it for you, like for brunch, just to prove that she's still Meryl Streep and she still fucking got it. Yeah. You know? I remember that scene, like that, that. That, that late night scene. But wait, did they eat that croissant for breakfast or like at that moment? Because they couldn't have eaten it at that moment because that don't needs to rise. But that's what I was saying. She it's like it so rise. unrealistic that they did it. Well, does I don't think croissant dough has to rise, does I think, it? Well, it's, 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 it's all got smushed a down with the layers of the butter. So you guys you are doing the right. dramaturgy you for might, Meryl Streep. You might be right, Ronnie. Yeah. I mean, it's an important question to ask. I also say that we we love to watch older female actresses fall in love on screen. Like something's got to give for me with uh, Diane, Diane Keaton. Keaton and so we're just Jack. segueing into Nancy Myers now, right? <laughs> I mean, doing? I guess it's <laughs> yeah. Basically, Nancy always works. I don't love that part of those movies. I have to say, I don't need really? to watch old people kiss. But not that kiss. Said, not kiss. 
I, that said, I don't really need to like watch Love Island either or The Bachelor. I don't need to see them kiss either. So you which just is don't like weird. watching kissing. You don't. Like I just kissing. don't. <laughs> I don't know. It's like I'm over it. I think I just fuck so much in my life that it's like, is there anything else? You know, it's not that I still don't <laughs> That's like. That's the name it. of the it's next Nancy like, Myers movie, by the way. Is there anything else? <laughs> I mean, anything else. (laughs) I'm just, I'm not against it. And obviously, I like it, you know, in real life, but, um, you know, there's like, there's other things to do. You know what I hated about Something's Gotta Give? And I have a real bone to pick about it to this day. And this is going to be a spoiler. This is a spoiler, everyone. Is it Amanda Pete, period? Amanda. First, there's that. That's the first. She's an actual spoiler. Spoiled the movie. No, I, (laughs) here's the, everyone has had their warning. Okay. If you've not seen the movie in the past 15 years, here's your, okay. Time's up. I don't like that she didn't stay with Keanu Reeves at the end. I felt like that was such bullshit. Of course she should stay with Keanu Reeves. What the hell is this movie? I thought I knew what it was. Well, it's got he, Keanu Reeves is like the doctor that like is sort of a minor character and then, then becomes kind of a major age age character. You know, and that ending is a little it does leave something to be desired. And now I guess you've made me hate this movie that I thought I loved. Um That's everyone, another Nancy Myers, something to be desired. Yeah, I don't think of the young people. And I remember Diane Keast, uh, Diane Weiss, I mean uh, blah, 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 Diane Keaton and um Jack Nicholson, but I don't remember did you guys, anybody young in it. Did you guys watch that uh that that movie that came out this past uh the, it was like no. in december it was a steven soderbergh mm-hmm. movie it was like people are gonna talk or something and it was like all these people it was meryl streep diane weiss candace bergen and <laughs> um who was the last i was like i can't believe there's a movie with all these people in it and it's called people are gonna talk and yet we don't know about it <laughs> was it the one where they were all on like a um <laughs> they're doing a crossing lucas what's oh is that face? what it was yeah, it was Meryl. I was going to say on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> People are going to talk on Zoom. No, it's it's called Let Them All Talk. Let Them All Talk. Who was the other actress in there who was Diane Weist? Oh, maybe it was just the three of them. Yeah. and it, Okay. Oh, but you know who was in it? No. Oh, my God. The son from White Lotus. Wow. <gasps> See, it all I mean, comes that together. kid is working more than any... Meryl Streep wishes she was a son from White Lotus. I, I don't even remember him <laughs> she being does. in that. She probably auditioned for that role and was like, you know what? Sorry. Um, Gotta practice my chocolate croissant. <laughs> I just think... Yeah. It, it was she, a good that movie, kid was kind of annoying. You know what I didn't like? I didn't like that his arm pit hair was so long yeah, in that tv show white lotus the kid what yeah he just had really long armpit hair and it bothered me i I'm was usually like, really you... clued into body hair and i didn't clock the long armpit hair really long like a ponytail long like it was real <laughs> like he looked like he had two armpit pigtails coming don't out like that did, did it bother you like that, that a it was long or b that he was a teenager and it was that long or c not none of the above I'm just Lebanese, so like I look at people who aren't naturally hairy and they don't have like they have non hairy privilege and I don't like seeing this kid who's just like, Look, I don't have hair anywhere, but my armpit is so long. <laughs> Come on, the rest of us are making an effort. All you have to do is this, like on two little places in your body and you uh, won't even do that. Non body hair privilege is so real. If I see a guy with it like is. a really hairy chest and nothing above the shoulder like any like if there's just like nothing anywhere else, I'm like, what what where's the witch what what where what's the potion what'd you do <laughs> yeah i know you know i know i'm the witch i'm the one another meryl streep that shouldn't have worked yeah but meryl streep is a witch worked who knew yeah who I, did knew? Not love, I did not love that film adaptation i have to say 
Oh, I didn't either. I think movie musicals right now are. I'm glad that they're happening, but there it's mo- there's more bad ones than good. Are you excited to see Dear Evan Hansen? It's coming out next ben, month. This is a controversial question. I've never I'm excited. I can't wait to see Ben Platt pretend he's like 15. I know that shit. was. I mean, I've only seen the commercials, so I've never seen the musical. I only know that one song. I know vaguely uh, what it's about, but I've seen the commercials. And there's like this one shot where he's like in like a hoodie, trying again, like Ronnie said, trying to play 14 or 15 on like a Ferris wheel. And I'm like, who is this 30 year old trying to pretend to? But 15, he can sing. Like I can understand why they wouldn't recast him because he can sing his ass off. I saw him on that NBC show about songwriters mm-hmm. or whatever. They were like write for a different artist, Songland, I think. And they write for a different artist every week. And I got obsessed with that over two weeks and watched them all. And he was one of the artists. And I was like, who? And oh my God. His, that that, that, just... The only saving grace of that, what will be that movie, is the music and his voice. Because Matt and I saw the show in New York before it went to Broadway. And we sat at intermission being like, are you fucking kidding me? Mm, this is the really? most fucked up, manipulative, disgusting story. And again, the music is good. Boo, 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 boo. Ben Platt was amazing. But like, the, I'm not giving anything away when I tell you at the beginning of the show, Ben Platt's a nerdy, socially awkward kid. Another nerdy, socially awkward kid dies by killing himself. And the entire premise of the entire show is that Ben Platt is lying to the kid's family who died that he was friends with the kid that committed suicide. That's the entire story. <laughs> Ew, that is gross. And so you're supposed Why to be like on that? his side and it's like a beautiful story about the human spirit. I'm like, no, Ben Platt's a bad person. That's a stalker. It's psychotic and it's getting, I have been reading on Twitter because like the way they're promoting the movie now, it's like, you will be found. This is about search. It's like, no, it's actually about a a serial killer child who uh, no it's like not even that it's just like a psychologically harmful yes, teenager played by a 40 year old that <laughs> sings really well that's what dear Evan Hansen is about I like that you sort of did like a Renee Zellweger voice to promote it like this is a story about a very special boy <laughs> so what okay so he okay I have to know so he lies to the parents why is it to make the parents feel better that their son wasn't socially awkward I mean so, what was the reason I think the reason is that at the beginning of the show, he is with Ben Platt's with his therapist, and his therapist says, Hey, write yourself a note that like today is going to be a good day. So it's like, Dear Evan Hansen, no, 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 no. And then the kid that ends up killing himself right at the beginning, I took the note that was printed out of a, at a printer, like at the school. And so they find the note on him. And then Ben Platt is also has a big crush on the dead kid's sister. And so I think, like, he immediately gets wrapped up in, like, oh, wait, we found this. You were friends with him. He's like, wait, what? And then, you know, it's like before he knows it, he's oh, trapped in a lie. He's trapped, trapped in, in this wacky suicide lie. He's, wow. It's a suicide lie. And... I thought it was about the kid who killed. I thought it was going to be like, you bullied me on Twitter, and now I'm dead. I'd rather I thought it was going to be that. that kind of vibe. I'd much rather see that story. No, it's more like, I lied about being friends with the dead guy, and now oh, I say hi. No. Oh, no. <laughs> well oh darn i was excited to see that one i mean here's the thing is you are i think you are gonna see it you are gonna like the music but i hope you agree that the, we, we need to circle back and talk about what you think of the plot after you see it because if i'm alone here then so be it but i think it's so fucked uh, well, you already like, lost me at the part where he writes himself a letter because I did that one time. And guess what? The next morning I read the letter and I was like, I'm not listening to that fat bitch. Like, why would I listen to her? <laughs> why would I listen to her? The me from yesterday. <laughs> why, would, why would I take advice 
from that bit <laughs> from a sad girl that was i mean i honestly it's just the whole conceit it's like pasik and paul apparently the greatest showman is the same thing where it's like uh, underneath all the layers of the bearded women and boo 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 it's like oh wait a minute this is i haven't seen it so i can't even I, give a smart. I cannot stand the music from the greatest showman like i think it's like oh i like that one are I cried you on watching the all the choirs on like online on tiktok where they're all singing when the sharpest words oh when it come and it's and it's always the the soloist is cracking oh. and the whole all, all the kids behind have to like cover their laps <laughs> because the soloist sounds so bad oh my god it's a good rabbit hole Uh, but listen i know that i don't want to keep you too late so we're gonna i want to go into our final question of this podcast i did not prep you for and so you better buckle up ben and ronnie because the buckled the question is what is the best Whoopi goldberg film Uh uh-oh sister act dur oh no that's not true the color purple oh that's where we find there's some controversy here you know what I like? Yeah. I want to say Sister loved Act because I loved it so much as a kid. But I actually Ghost. I'm gonna say Ghosts. Yeah, Ghosts. Ghosts. Yeah, she this is hard. This is too hard. I loved Ghosts. See, in, at last week's episode with the amazing Nicole Thurman, she said Ghost, and of course we talked about you in Danger Girl, et cetera, et cetera. But I do think the ones that come up the most are Ghost, Sister Act, and what's the other one? Jumping Jack Flash. Oh, and Color Purple. Um, oh, yeah, Color Purple. Yeah, Color Purple. <laughs> I love. I Color did not Purple. like Jumpin' Jack Flash. I'm just gonna put it out there for everyone. A little hot take. I didn't love it either, but I think I was too young when that came out, and I just didn't really, I didn't really get it, and I never went back and rewatched it older. She also had yeah. like a run of movies. I feel like in the '90s that were sort of generic, and they just sort of came out. Like, didn't she have one where she like ran a basketball team? Mm-hmm. And then, um, just there were just these movies that came out. The um, one where Gerard named all of- a ghost. Oh my god! I saw that on an airplane. That I was traumatized. You Say ever it see again? That? I interrupted Bo- you. Bogus. What was it? Gerard, De- yeah, bogus. Gerard Depardieu plays mm-hmm. a ghost of mm-hmm. like a like a best friend of a young, or like a Haley imaginary Joel friend or something. I don't know. If Haley it's Haley Joel. Joel. I think it's Haley Joel Osment, but it could also be the kid from Liar Liar. I don't remember. Or Simon. But Birch, basically, one of those. His mom, the little boy, his mom, played by Nancy Travis, dies in a car accident, and she's like a clown in the circus. So this kid retreats oh, into this like imaginary world where he meets Gerard Depardieu, who's also like a clown with a red nose. And then mm-hmm. Whoopi Goldberg is like the caseworker assigned to this kid to like, you know, like post mom death. And I don't know. And somehow Whoopi Goldberg and Gerard Depardieu are able to kind of like meet at some point, despite one being imaginary. And there's like a thing with a ladder. And I remember watching it on an airplane and thinking like, this is one of the very worst movies I've ever seen in my <gasps> life. I only remember watching it oh, as no. a kid and being like, I like this Whoopi Goldberg and then that's my last memory of it so it could be a trash movie but I just remember being like oh I like ghosts and imaginary friends and Whoopi and then I watched this track too and the rest is her story yeah I mean I, I appreciate the Nancy Travis yeah well it also it's also like different um, generations like when you were introduced to Whoopi you know because mm. like Jumpin' Jack Flash I was too young for Color Purple I was like the perfect age for because I was blown away by it you know so I guess it just depends on what year you're born in that you're going to pick now that said any born buddy born in the past decade or two isn't going to have much to pick from because I mean what are they going to watch the view <laughs> I can't I can't although I will miss her yelling at Megan McCain that was oh, yeah, that, that was pretty great, golden great, must great, see TV great but do you, wait isn't Whoopi though I think she's doing a movie or something or she was supposed to do the musical version of Sister Act, and then because of COVID, it got canceled, mm. and then there's some movies. So I hope there's like a return to Whoopi, like being an Academy Award nominee. I really hope that she gets yeah. some like amazing projects Everyone like that. Everyone loves her. She's great. And how could you? Oh, wait, uh, well? wait, no, wait. I take it all back. I take every single thing back. As much as I love Ghosts, 
It is so obvious what my favorite Whoopi Goldberg movie is. I even mentioned it. Soap Dish. Hello, Soap Dish. Oh. Ooh, I can't believe I almost let that get away. Oh, my Great God. Film. Oh, my Great God. Great film. Okay, I'm, because I have to be honest in this podcast, no, I've never seen uh, that movie, you guys. You have to watch it Oh, you're it so weekend. lucky. You are so lucky that you haven't seen it. Okay, good. Yeah, Soap Dish. It, and it just, holds up. For, just remember, this was made a long time ago. Yes, just remember, it was made <laughs> so in 1990, not 2010. Don't get too offended. Yeah, don't get too offended. But oh, yeah, it's a, it's I thought a, you were talking like one. the quality of the movie is no, like there's, old. There's like, a, there's like one joke that would not fit with today's standards. But that being said, the entire movie is actually perfection. And it really holds up. Like it really, really holds up to this day. Okay, but that's the one and joke. I can't wait to... I can't wait to it, you'll it, know I, it when I you assume, see it. Okay. I yeah, but it's still hard to find. It's still a classic. Oh my God. And some of Sally Field's best work too. I mean, Sally Field's... Field plays like a crazy Sally Field. It's so good. Terry Hatcher's in it. Elizabeth Sue, Shoot. Kathy Moriarty, um, Carrie, uh, what's her face? Kathy Najimy. Kathy N- it was Kathy Najimy's like breakout role. She You're was, joking. Yeah. Oh, I never yeah. seen Robert this. Downey Jr. Okay. Movie star Robert Downey Jr. is in this. Oh Carrie hot, Fisher. Hot Robert Downey Jr. Carrie Fisher. Yeah. It's yeah. Carrie, Carl Reiner. This feels like a writer's room from a, <laughs> like, from a Equinox wrote this movie. Kevin klein no it really is like kevin klein next you're gonna tell me like the title scores sung by patty lupone lisa gibbons is in it lisa gibbons is in it okay she actually has a speaking role lisa you're like i also think that um trixie mattel has a cameo it's like how does it work i mean it it is honestly uh, like no like all jokes aside it is a great movie and it is so funny and it really like the jokes still pop it's not just a nostalgia play like it, it works Oh, I can't wait to watch this. I may watch it today. Oh my god, what a! You know what I just found out that it was written. It was co-written, but one of the writers on it was Andrew Bergman, who's a famous playwright, I believe. He's really good. But guess what else he wrote? Placing Saddles, classic. No way. My dad's favorite movie of all time. I've actually never seen that. Fletch. He wrote Fletch. We'll talk about what doesn't hold up today. Blazing Saddles. Guess what else? Striptease. Oh my (gasps) god, that one was not great. So, you know, a misstep, but Soap soap Dish was not one of them. No, Soap Dish was like, I think it's, I actually think that Soap Dish is a phenomenal example of screenwriting. When you look at that, there's all these characters and they all play an important role, even Terry Hatcher. And um, they just, it, it just comes together so, so well. I love it. I truly, I'm honestly embarrassed I haven't seen it, but I'm that you gave me a gift of the knowledge that it's going to be something that I will watch. Hey, we're like your, uh, we're like your aunties right now. Yeah. We're like, oh my god, you're so much younger, and like you have so much promise. If you just watch Soap Dish, it's going to change your life. Thanks, and, Auntie Ronnie. Thanks, honestly, Auntie just Ken. for the score, the score is this sort of like mambo kind, of like campy mambo music. And the opening credits are like pop art animation, and then there's like. An award there's like award shows and it's soap operas and it's just like it's like and like that the costumes are like over oh god it's like see, see, that is gay education right there it's what it sounds like and that's honestly why sister act 2 immediately became my first, my favorite movie of all time because the opening credits is whoopi goldberg in a las vegas review doing costume changes and floating above the audience it's like i'm <laughs> stick a fork in me yeah so for the whoopi goldberg movie, had a really good gay movie run right there in the early 90s Oh, God. And we are so lucky for that. We are. Well, speaking of being lucky, Ben and Ronnie, I this is such a dream. And you are even more dreamlike than I thought you would be. So thank you so much for coming on That's a Gay Ass Podcast. It just like is such a gift. Thanks for this having us. So, 
awesome yeah thank you so much for having oh my us. god of course i will Congrats see you on your show. thank you and i hopefully will see you in person sometime soon yeah yeah have a party move or an easy go have move. a drink in la <sighs> some people wait a lifetime for a moment i feel like my life is downhill from here i just had an episode with ben and ronnie from watchwood crappens and it surpassed my impossibly high expectations so i'm just gonna end it all it's all downhill uh please listen to watchwood crappens follow ben and ronnie i linked all their social medias in the description and if you want that full unedited episode with all the juice that's patreon.com slash gayass podcast and my handle is at eric wills e-r-i-c-w-i-l-l-z and we just hit a thousand followers on the gayass podcast instagram at gayass podcast i post all kinds of gayass shit and listen straight or gay you're gonna love it i love you i'm so grateful you're here please subscribe if you haven't yet and leave that review if you don't mind and we will see you next week for another incredible guest bye Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.